If you don't, you better mosey on next to someone that does. You all been coming around for a little bit. It's time for you to invest in a Bible. And if you don't have one, see us. We'll make sure that we invest in you. Amen. I want to start out by simply saying a prayer. Uh, Willie, I love you, man. Uh, Willie just lost his mother. And he's here. I just got in from Philly about an hour ago. Two o'clock this morning, I saw a someone I love dearly take his last breath. The beauty about it is that he went to be with the Lord. And he knew this. And even in his condition, he reminded us before he went into that state that he was going to be okay. That is the blessed assurance that we have. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to anybody in this room. There's a gift that God offers you. He knocks on your heart and say, let me in. The song you just heard talks about new things, and we'll be talking today about this new life, this new birth, this newness that's available to us. Why would you want to keep the old? I don't understand that. If you have your Bibles, please open to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9. If you don't, just listen. Listen, write it down. Just listen. Isaiah is a major prophet only because he wrote a great deal. If you look in your Bibles, just crack it right in the center. You can't miss it. Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Father, I thank you for the strength, the privilege to be able to stand in the midst of this church, among my family, my friends. It's here that I receive the comfort and the love that I need the most right now. I pray that you would have your way here today, that you would provoke us and peel back the layers of our hearts, the attitudes, the beliefs that don't line up with your word. 
Father, I don't understand all things. But this scripture assures me that my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. So, Lord, it's to you that I yield and surrender and ask that you come into this room right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. As you know, today is the first uh, Sunday of the month, and we normally have communion, and we will as we lead towards the communion table. I pray that you begin to search your hearts in regards to where you are currently and where it is that God is trying to get you to. I pray that you remove the emergency brakes from your life and put it on neutral so that God can guide you along. I uh, oftentimes, when I'm extremely bored, I flick the channels, you know, you surf. And I came across this show called Extreme Makeovers. Anybody see it? A lot of fans in this room. Thank God for cable. And one of the things about Extreme Makeovers is that they take something that has outlived its usefulness, it doesn't fit anymore, and they begin to make it new. And they take this family who lives in the home and they relocate them for a little while. Sometimes they send them to Disney World. And they go out and have fun and then they come and in this particular scene they pull a big mat truck, 18-wheeler in front of it. And they tell the family just stand there. And then they move the 18-wheeler up and they have a new house. And like everybody who is given something new, they weep and cry and hug the people who have uh, come into their lives and given them a new lease on life, a, a new breath breathed into their lives, into their sorrowful states, into their conditions of despair. And they rejoice. Some of them jump up, but of course they cry and they weep and it's tears of joy. I cry tears of joy because I know I'm going to see my brother again. And I'm encouraged by the fact that this assurance that we have is a lease on new life. Not old. Listen, some of us here are into recycling. And we need to stop recycling old stuff, old behaviors and thinking that they're new. It just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fit. It's not who you're supposed to be. That There is supposed to be a newness of life that you're supposed to be experiencing. There's supposed to be a new song that you sing. There's supposed to be new experiences every day. I'm about memories and creating them. You know, I take my kids to places they've never been to. We have conversations about things that they don't even expect. It was so funny because I ran into a young man yesterday, and he was in the hospital, and, and I said, you know, uh, you love Jesus? And he says, yeah, I love Jesus. And I said, so what are you doing? And he showed me a video how God had taken, he was on probation, and God has taken his life where he was, you know, messed up and miserable, and he showed me a video of him washing his parents' feet in a church service.
The same parents that he tormented. Got locked up. Made them miserable. He didn't want to recycle his life. He didn't want to put on a new shirt or a new pair of shoes. He wanted a new life. Because he was tired of hurting the people around him. Some of us need to understand that we need to experience this new life. Listen, I know you've been hurt. But how long do you dwell in that place? How long do you stay in that place, in that fetal position, although you're walking around with plenty of makeup and a nice dress and your nice purse and, you know, you smell good and you have that suit and the jacket, but inside you're in that fetal position because you haven't experienced that newness, that new breath of life that Jesus came to give us. Last week, Pastor talked about Corinthians, and something about Corinthians, as I read it, blew me away. First of all, if you read the Bible and you've got to write two letters to them, they are some sick people. Let alone one letter, but two letters. And he wrote to them because when Paul, around 50 years old, came into Corinth, it was this, you know, like this city, this metropolis. Think about Times Square or Lower Manhattan. Think about Main Street, anywhere you've gone in which everybody is shopping and moving. And, of course, there's going to be all kinds of decadence, you know, like, like strip clubs and everything. And Paul walked into that city unannounced. And he didn't go straight to the synagogue. They say he went to establish a storefront, a workshop, where he could work with his hands and do what he did for a living, which was to make tents. I'm talking to those people who want to come into ministry right now. You need to work. You need to earn that. You need to show the people around you that you're willing to work to roll up your sleeves and be part of it. And Paul moves into the city, and, and, and in this city they worship the goddess of Venus. They, they had these brothels, we call them now, but it was, they had temples in which they went and, and they were into pleasure and lust. Pleasure and lust. Pleasure and lust. Now listen, new life requires that we turn away from those things. And listen to me, hear me, hear me loudly on this, please. I'm not telling you to put it to sleep. I'm telling you to kill it. To kill it. To stop its ugly head. If you have a burning desire, today is the place to kill it. If you have a desire to cheat on your spouse, today is the day to kill it. If you have a desire to lie on your taxes, today is the day to kill it. Because here's what I know. When you let it lie dormant, it wakes up. And then you got to feed it. And it'll overwhelm you because it's been sleeping like a bear who hibernates. You know how they hibernate for like three or four months and then they wake up and they want to eat everything in sight. Amen. That's why you can't stuff it down. That's why your anger can't be managed. Listen to me. Your anger can't be managed. It must be resolved. Somebody slapped you when you were a kid. You couldn't slap them back. Now you're going around slapping everybody else. You need to deal with your father issues, with your mommy issues, so you weren't hugged enough. Whoopee. 
Let us hug you. Let us love you until you can love yourself. Show up every day. So you ain't got no money. Join the club. (laughs) And maybe some of you ain't got no honey. It's okay. Be careful what you ask for. It's so important that we understand that we want to serve Christ. And Paul came into this place. And here's what I know based on the scriptures. They had it going on. They were fluent. They had gifts. They were, uh, uh, they gave, you know, charitably. They did some work. But here's what they were lacking. They had no love. No love. They did everything to be seen. They did everything to be noticed. That it was a no new life for them. They let the old ways creep into the church, and they began to 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 pollute it. In other words, we can be in this world, but not of this world. Are you listening to me? When we have this new life, we are in this world, but not of this world. It's nice when you see a sailing ship on the sea, but when you see the sea get into the ship, woo, we're in trouble, aren't we? And it's the same way with the church in Corinth. It's the same way with churches today. When the world creeps into the church, we lose our power. There is no power to heal the sick. There is no power to deliver those who are brokenhearted, those who are lost. You have been coming around here for a little bit. I am offering you, God is offering you, this church and ministry is offering you a new life. Not a recycled life, but a new life. Some of you got some bad attitudes. No, not in this church. I'm sorry. Some of you think that you know it all, right? Like, 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 I know what I'm doing, leave me alone. I said, okay, don't worry about it. No problem, no harm, no foul, you know? But, but the reality is, you just heard the scripture say, Isaiah said to the people, he says, listen, your ways are not God's way. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. And here's what I do know. There's there's a way to man that seems right, but it leads to death. To death. A separation from God. And when you're away from God, you engage in everything that comes your way. Now, that's the old way. The old way is this. I'll try anything once. Come on, am I the only one? Don't leave me out here. Don't, don't leave me out here. Right? You know, like, like I'll try anything once, you know? I don't want to live that way no more. Because one time for us is what? Too many. Not enough. It just works our palate. We want more, more, more. And then this is what a lot of guys I talk to say, I got this, man. I got it under control. And then I don't see them for a while. And I say, well, what happened? Man, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? It snuck up on you. You didn't know it was coming. You didn't know it was coming. You stepped into it. No, you knew that one step will lead to another step, to another step, to another step. Because it's all in the steps. What you got to do is reverse and run in the other way and say, I need this new life. I need this new life. Because my way doesn't work. And the Corinthians were engaged in such behavior. And the church that he had established, the jewel of his movement 
in the midst of this place where foreigners came. Everybody was coming to a city to do business. It was a seafaring city. So everybody was coming there. And Paul began to build his tent. And then he started going to the synagogues. And he established his church. But when he left, the world creeped into the church. Listen to me. Your ways are not God's ways. Your attitude stinks. If you're not displaying love, this unconditional agape love among your brothers, your sisters. And, you know, I know what you're saying. You just did that, you know, wall up on me. And you're saying you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they've done to me. Did you know what they did to Jesus? Did, 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 you, did you realize what they did to Jesus? And, and here were his words. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, it's scary when you hear and you read because then you're accountable for what you heard and what you read. And a lot of us have tried to do it. On, a lot of us are wise, right? We sit down in our lotus position and hum, you know, and, and, and we want to give advice to everybody, but we don't follow our own advice. Amen. Nobody here like that. I'm talking to the other church. Amen. Make sure you make a note on that CD. It's for the other church, not this church. Because some of us are so into giving advice, but not following our own advice. Some of us are into giving suggestions, but not taking suggestions. Amen. Some of us are into showing up, but not doing anything. Some of us still wear the same clothes even when it don't fit us. If you're wearing skinny jeans and your leg is numb, it's because you're stopping the circulation. I, I, I have to throw that one in there. 1 Corinthians 3.18, just listen. You don't have to turn there. Make a note of it. I'm just going to read it. It says, stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scripture says, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. Some of us have been allowed to accomplish something. The reason you've been to, allowed to accomplish some things, it's God. The reason you have some recovery, it's God. And I can say that because I'm part of the God squad. That, that's where I am. I'm a Jesus freak. You're in the right place. Praise God. All right? So I'm, I'm, I'm not breaking on an enemy here. All right? I love you, but this is my house. And I'm going to talk about Jesus all I want. Now, if the name of Jesus offends you, then you have to search your heart. Because the reality is that I know and you know that the only one that showed up in your mess was God. And not God of your understanding, but the God of the Bible. The God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and knew where you were going to wind up and send someone, something, even a click, 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 and take you where you got to go to get you where you needed to get to so you can be where you are today, alive, breathing, and well, with an opportunity at a new life, a new song, a new birth. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 is a known verse. We quote it regularly for those who love to quote scripture. It's important for us not only to quote it, but to live it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm living, New Living Translation is the Bible I read from. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Amen. Everybody say new. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, are you a new person? <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're, we're working towards it. We're working towards it. We're working towards it. We're working towards it. We're moving in the right direction. We're we're working towards it. We're showing up. I look around this room and all of you are creatures of habit. I know where you sit. You guys have the same seats all the time. I know who shows up at 11.15 and 11.30. It's the same people all the time. Same people all the time. You've probably been late for graduation, your wedding, work, all that stuff. Bad habits. New life says you show up on time. On time. Because I got to tell you something. God showed up on time for you. He showed up on time. When you needed him, when you were down and out, when you were frustrated in despair, lost, you said, help me. And he said, I'm coming. And he showed up. And he showed up. He showed up for me. He showed up for you. And it's so important. Listen. Listen, recycle is for cans and bottles and paper. Not for lives. Not for lives. Not for lives. Just because you clean yourself up doesn't mean that it's right in here. Or here. Only, Only God can get in here. Only God in the midst of pain can get in here and and bring the salve of joy and healing in the midst of a very difficult situation. A very difficult situation. Listen, I I could have not been here today. I came because, listen to me, because I needed to be here. Not because I want to preach, because I needed to be here. To to see Richie, to see Claudio, to see... George and, and Chris, to see the guys that I know love me in the midst of my pain. And there are many of you here who show me that love. I needed to be here. I took a long drive and I, and I couldn't stop. I saw the knot in my chest. I, I, I could have sworn I was speeding. I don't know. I kept thinking, stay trooper, stay trooper, stay trooper. (laughs) But I needed to get here. I needed to be home. I watched the monitor all night and kept saying, God, what's taking you so long? What works? What's the hold up here? And then as in the room, we started praising God. And we started rejoicing. And we started reading scripture. And it was just a moment there. And we started singing this song, Father, come. And we began to sing it. And his father said, Lord, we're ready. And the father cried out to the father, and the father came. And it's an amazing thing. Listen to me. 
Life is going to happen to all of you in this room. Life doesn't come because you select it. It happens. And because we live in a broken world, death is going to come. Sickness is going to come. That's what happened when this world got broken because of the fall of man. It affected everything. The Bible says that even this earth quakes and groans for the return of Jesus Christ. You know, when you see these storms, you say, where do they come from and all that stuff? Listen, the minute that man fell from grace and from that garden of Eden, this world was broken. The tectonic plates underneath the ground shifted and began to separate and began to cause all kind of cataclysmic. It's not El Nino, it's sin. It's not the storm, it's sin that came into the world. And the prince of this world wants nothing more than to contaminate your life, to recycle your life and say, don't worry about it, it's okay, you're in the process. Don't worry about it. So you're still on the first step for ten years. You know, like, hey, come on. Let's, let's, let's get moving. There's a new life. Step into it. Get yourself a new outfit. But beg for a new heart. Beg for a new heart. Desire a new mind. A new verbiage. I'm talking to those who are still using profanity and come here and sing to Jesus. Talking to you and your seed who come in here and said, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Ooh, look at that skirt. Open my heart, oh God. I'm a friend of yours, God. But I'm not doing anything, anything to demonstrate that new life that was given to me at the cross. And today I can say I am a new person. I still got some corpse in me. I still got some things in me that I, every time something happens, I ask God to reveal himself to me. I, I had an incident in the house. I wasn't even in the house. I think it was in my office here. I'm a chocolate freak. Everybody know that? Everybody know that? I love chocolate. Okay. I don't buy it no more, but I love chocolate. And I had a, uh, I had a mouse invasion in my office. Not a problem. We were smarter than mice, right? Got into my chocolate stash. Rich? And I had to get rid of all my chocolate. You know, maybe God talking to me, get rid of my chocolate. I don't know. But I got rid of all my chocolate. I set a trap for the mouse, and I caught it. I caught it. What's the matter? You're a mouse lover? I let him go? Oh, yeah, you let him go? Okay. He'll come back as a rat next time. You guys got to be careful with that stuff. These things grow, you know. They come back, you know, and they have teeth and they want it. And something inside me, when I caught it on the trap, this is pretty horrific. And I don't know if I should be saying it in the church, but I butchered that mouse. Now, listen, I'm only sharing this with you because I've been serving God for 25 years. I didn't know that was still in me. I didn't know that was still in me. No, okay, you see, you think that I'm the only one, right? You think that I'm the only one? Oh, okay, all right. 
All right, good, good. Because I'm trying to lead you to communion. I'm trying to get you to the communion table where you repent. Okay? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe me talking to this mouse and cutting it up. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Am I having an out-of-body experience? What is this? And here's what I know. That there are still things in my heart that i got to give to God. There's still some darkness dwelling in me and maybe, maybe in you. Amen. That we haven't fully given to God. An innocent little mouse, right? But, but the point is that I found myself engaging in old behavior. Wanting this new life. And I was like, oh, and I it was so sad. I got on my knees and I started to cry. And, and you know, and it was like, oh, my God, what is not, not for the mouse. I wasn't crying for the mouse. I was crying because of what came out of me. Are you listening to me? This is some four-step stuff. I know you haven't gotten there yet, but look, when you get there, when you get there, when you get there, there's some stuff that you begin to write down and you look into. And the, words, and the word of God says, listen, some of us think that we're smart, Alex. Some of us think that we got it going on. Some of us think that we have, you know, we're, we're suave and we're cool and we can handle this and take care of this. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The enemy wants nothing more than to keep you in that place where you think you're wise. And the Bible says that your wisdom is a snare unto you. You get trapped by your own wisdom. Listen, how many of us have had to cover a lie with another lie? Come on, it's okay. You're in church. You can lie later. All right? The, the, the point is that we cover one lie with another lie with another lie. And, and if you're like me in the past, I lost track of the lies. Amen. You get on the phone, you don't recognize the number, and you say, Debbie, when it's Susie, and you say, what? <laughs> you know? Like, 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 you know, you, you don't, some of us tell half-truths. I'm going to leave that one alone. All right? I'm going to leave that one alone. Amen? Let me finish. We got to get out of here. First John, chapter 5, verse 4. If you're writing down, just make a note of it. The Corinthians weren't the only one with a problem. When you allowed worldviews to creep into the church... You go against God's will and God's word. God's word is clear about what we should say. It's your responsibility to engage in the learning of God's word so that you can understand. Listen, it's not good to have information and no application. It's not good to have all this, you know, literature and all this stuff that tells us it works, right? But if you don't work it, it don't work. And our faith is not about works, but our faith without works is dead. Are you listening? Amen. So it's important that no matter where you are, no matter where you think you are in, in the echelons of life, you know, we are all in this together. We are all in this together. Some of us are more committed than others. Some of us, you know, like that word responsibility is not a cuss word to you. You're kind of embracing that and being responsible. You're taking some ownership for the things that you've done. 
and you're making amends and you're repenting and you're turning away and you're saying, you know what, that's not me anymore. I don't want to be there. But every now and then something dark creeps into your heart and you say, where did that come from? Even in your prayer life, you're sitting there on your knees and you get a picture and you say, where did that come from? That's because for so long it's been ingrained in there. It's in the deepest recesses of your mind and in your heart. And every now and then when you get squeezed or the scab hasn't healed and somebody picks at it, you go, ouch. And you pull back. And we put up this wall. And before we know it, this wall gets so thick that nobody can get in. And then eventually it becomes a prison. And the only one that can free us from that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. It's time for every person in this room to begin to cry out to God. To allow his consuming fire to come into my life and begin to burn away at that stuff that just doesn't, doesn't jive with me anymore. Listen, how many of us have been coming around for a little bit and when we do something that we just know isn't right, it doesn't feel good anymore. It just doesn't feel good. Like, like, like when I do something now, I'm like, oh man... That doesn't taste good. That's, that's not who I am. That's not what the Word says I am. So, so it's important that as we worship God, that we offer up to him a new life, a new song, a new beginning, a new birth. We must be born again, the Bible says. We must be born again. And that, that requires us to turn away from the things in our lives that have held us down. Listen, some of us are in relationships that are choking the life out of us. Some of us are being strangled. Why do you stay? What's going on inside you? That that is what you want when he's offering you a new life, when he's offering you a new beginning and a new birth. Some of us are in situations that we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know where that term comes from. I know that in the midst of where I find myself, He is with me. He is with me. In my pain, in my sorrow, in my despair, because I'm human. I don't got wings coming out my bag and I don't carry around a halo in my back pocket. I'm a human being who loves God and my thoughts are not his thoughts and his ways are not his ways. I do not understand. I do not understand except I know that it's a broken world and because it's a broken world, sin entered. And I also know that Jesus is coming back for a church. You. You. For those who endure. For those who overcome. For those who stay the course and keep their hands on the plow and keep moving forward. Listen, you need to gauge your progress. You need to look back and see, oh, God. Because if it's gaining on you, you got to move faster. you got to move faster. You gotta move faster because the devil wants nothing more than to deface you. 
deface you, remove the value that has been placed on you by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Paul came into the church in Corinth and began to correct them on everything. Read first and second letter of Corinth. There was someone who was living with his stepmother. And he's saying, how can you let him be in the church? He says, oh yeah, you have all these wonderful gifts, but you guys are just making noise because you're doing it with no love. You want to be seen. You want to be noticed. You want to be acknowledged and affirmed. Listen, my validation comes from Jesus Christ. No man, no woman, no amount of money, no career, nothing. I am a child of God first. Whether I got a dollar in my pocket or a million dollars in my pocket, I am still a child of God. If I have been blessed to have that, it's so that I can use it for the glory of God. It's important for you to understand that because last week we spoke about gifts. And the pastor just mentioned a few gifts and everybody was like, well, I don't know, I'm not a preacher, I'm not an evangelist. Listen, don't desire those gifts. Because they come with a cost. They come with a cost. There is a cost that comes with it that I don't know if you're willing to pay. Because it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But God has a way of lifting you up and holding you on his bosom and rocking you to sleep. That's an awesome thing. I'm going to read this and then we're going to close. I'm going to ask the team to come up, please. Glory be to God as we begin to lead into our communion table. Amen. First John chapter 5 says this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Are you listening to that? Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. They don't weigh you down. They free you. They liberate you and allow you to be free from situations and circumstances that you couldn't free yourself. Here's what I do know. What you can do for yourself, God will do for you if you cry out to him. Amen. Amen. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Our faith. It's a gift by God. I believe in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ alone. I believe in the Bible from cover to cover. I don't argue with it. I don't understand it all. Occasionally, it's mysterious. Occasionally, it's misinterpreted by many. What I do know is this, that faith is a gift. And I have to exercise by just taking one step in front of another, saying, God, just for today, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. He goes on to say, We achieve this victory through our faith, and who can win this battle against the world? It's a question mark. Only those 
who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to this song, and then we're going to take communion. Amen?